Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Game by Show podcast. Guys, it's El Halloween, All Hallows Eve, Eve, friends. It's uh, October the 30th. Oh, it's yeah. the day before Halloween. It is, isn't it? It sure is. Tomorrow is the day. I, I have mixed feelings about Halloween. My name's Legrand, by the way. Jeremy and Dale are with me. Let's talk Hi. about Halloween for just a second. <laughs> All right, so your your feelings are mixed, meaning that there is something that you like, but something that you dislike. I, I like the general atmosphere of Halloween. I like the kids getting all dressed up and getting excited to get candy. But then there's the candy part of it. And yeah. like my wife came home with a couple of bags of Costco candy today, and it was a lot of candy. And I was like, yeah, it's definitely a lot of that. It's almost like I, I would prefer just to have a big party than like, I don't know. I guess it'll change when my kids get older. I would prefer... A harvest festival. My my oldest is twelve, and so he's probably getting to the point where he's going to be getting out of trick or treating pretty soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's about time. It's about time uh, that uh, he learns the truth. My oldest, but I also have a seven year old who's yeah. not nearly there. Yeah, it's going to be a while. And I had to buy costumes, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. So there's mixed feelings. I, about I do that like one. the idea of community participation. Like I like when there's you know when. People are out on the streets, and, you know, it's not a riot, but there's still kind of this energy, like riot energy. Jeremy loves it when people recognize his Battleborn character costume. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> are you going as the giant mushroom again this year? Uh, no. Uh, so no no Miko this year, but uh, maybe Atticus. Atticus. Like Atticus, the big, the big kind of gorilla-looking dude. Hey, guys, I got a device. I bought a, I bought a thing. A couple days ago, All right. and it came today, and I installed it, and it's changing. It's going to change my life. Oh, it's a, a segue. Yes, it's not a video game. Oh, but like it's an actual segue, like the the thing that you ride on. <laughs> I bought a uh, TP-Link Deco. Wait, a wireless mesh TP-Link <laughs> router system so to let you know when you're running low on uh, TP. You guys know about these things? This is. How long has this technology existed? I know it's been a little bit, but... Wi-Fi? Uh, you know, for a while. Probably like five or ten years, right? Or, or ten Basically, or ten the problem I was running into is is my my main router's in my basement. I have a wire... a Wi-Fi extender upstairs, but it's a separate SSID, so... Depending on where you are in the house, like... If you're connected to the upstairs router and you're in the basement, it'll be bad. And, but then if you walk upstairs, it'll be fine. So I was constantly having to switch wireless networks in my own house. And it was a nightmare. So what this device does is basically has three separate access points. And they all set up what's called a wireless mesh network. Yeah. And no matter where you're at in the house, it'll connect you to the fastest access point available. Um, so I don't have to worry about hopping networks. Pretty cool. Anyway, it's pretty sweet. I installed it today, and I was super surprised. Plus, it's way faster than my um, than my router I did have. Like I was, I was, I was like peaking at like maybe 200 megabit per second. So is this combination router and uh, outer nodes? What? Exactly. Yeah. So it's a mesh router network, and it's and my switches are plugged into it as well. So it, like everything's being served up. So all my all my hardline cat cat six is all getting internet from the main uh, modem router, yeah. which is whatever. And then this is like distributing my wireless, but it's in such a way that 
I, I'm, I'm always connected to the access point. So if I'm in my bedroom, I'll be getting blazing fast speeds because I'll be connected to the access point. But the, the modem router is still a bottleneck for speed, right? Yeah, but I get gigabit off, off of it. So okay, so it's, it's not, not that big. It's deal. not slow. But the point is, is that I was getting 200 megabit before on my other router, and this new system, I'm getting 950 megabit um, anywhere in my house. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's magical. I'm just telling you. For for people who don't know about these things, this thing's like 150 bucks. And if you have a big house and you have dead spots, this can is like a game changer. It's amazing. Faster than a speed data packet. Gorgeous. Yes. I'm super excited about it. Able and to I penetrate was just, walls. I'm like like I'll go up in my bedroom, I'll be on my laptop, and I'll be sitting there working away, and then I'll go down to my basement to work on my laptop. And then all of a sudden it'll be like super slow. I'm like, why the hell is my internet so slow? It's because I'm connected to my router two floors up. Yeah. Still, right? But it's so far away that I'm getting really bad signal. When Meanwhile, there's a router like around the corner. I just have to change networks to access it. So now with a new system, I still never never have to change networks. It's amazing. Huh. Hmm. Anyway, Wait. first world problems, I suppose. Well, I gotta say, first, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of like a round, and I thought that it was gonna be a uh, one of those little sweeper robots, like a Roomba or something. I was real excited, and then it was a Oh, I do have one of those, too. We haven't used it in a while. Yeah. It started, like, attacking, like, us in our sleep. So, like, no. Wow. Get out of here, Roomba. It's like Chucky, the little round tablet-shaped robot. Yeah. I wonder, you know, we haven't ran that for a while. I wonder if, what my dog would do if we ran the Roomba. She probably wouldn't like it. Die. Try to kill it. Probably. Yeah. She'd probably attack it. Do it for Halloween. I mean, it's, you know, thematically appropriate. Put a knife on it and just see what it does. Mm -hmm. See who wins, the dog or the Roomba. So, like phone calls start coming in and it's like... You locked me in the closet, but now I'm back. <laughs> it contacts me through the Alexa. It drops <laughs> in on my... Speaking of... Oh, I thought... No. I'm having trouble connecting to the I put a new router in. Take a look at the help section your Alexa. <laughs> Alexa's like, bro, give me some internet. Yeah. I'm out. I'm oh my gosh. It's still going. Take a look at the help well, guys, today's the day where we talk about the video games. What we mean is that we are. Uh oh. Always listening to you here and now and forever. What? Uh, today's the day. It's Wednesday. We talk about games, video games. Once that we've been playing. Mm-hmm. So, uh -huh. who wants to lead off? I think Dale needs to lead off today, because it's been a bit... All right, I can do that. I'm playing a new game. It's a brand new game. It's just come out, and it's available on the um, Xbox PC Games Pass. Is it Outer Worlds? It is. It is. It is a, it is a new RPG from uh, Obsidian uh, Studios. Uh, and, and it's also, like, I guess their other imprint, uh, I guess you would call it, Private Division which um not really sure exactly what's going on with that uh, other than like I think it was initially set up to work with developers who are not technically a part of the studio or something I'm not really sure but like this game was purchased or this whole studio was purchased um but I guess it now falls under the heading of being like a first party Microsoft game even though it it is out on a PlayStation but it's um uh, yeah like I said it's available on Is it on the PlayStation? Yeah, I heard it's being released on the PlayStation. So yeah, oh, I didn't know that. But it's but it's cool that it's uh it's a brand new game and it's available on their streaming service. That you know if it provided you subscribe to that, right? Which uh, I think all of us do, right? Um, yep. But yeah, so it's it's cool. It's basically what it it kind of amounts to for the first uh, probably I don't know two and a half to to three hours that I've been playing so far is it's like they 
went back and made more Fallout, like in the style of New Vegas, kind of, ex- with you know, with some differences. Like obviously, it doesn't have the Fallout license and and like all the all the trappings and things. Um, but otherwise, it, it does feel a lot like that in sort of spirit. Um, in in a couple of on a on a couple of different axes, I suppose. Uh, maybe the main difference is that this is not a gigantic, um, single map open world sort of RPG. Um, while it is played from the first person and you do walk around and, uh, do a combination of like shooting and melee killing things and then like, um, unlocking doors. And it has a lot of the sort of, um, uh, what do you call those, uh, immersive sims it has a lot of sort of immersive sim elements like you might get in like a deus ex or a or a dishonored or indeed fallout or meaning like survival systems or or like no uh, meaning like um like interlocking uh, mechanisms like just little toys yeah hacking unlocking uh dialogue skills in which you can unlock more options um bow hunting all that sort of stuff you know um that kind of thing that you get in in this sort of Venn diagram of games <laughs> that includes mm. things like uh, the immersive Sims I just mentioned and uh, right. the Bethesda style game RPG sort of points of entry to interact with different mechanics. Is yeah. That- it's the type of thing where like um, they want to give you uh, a broad goal, which will be like, you know, go to this place and uh, obtain this thing. And then there'll be like six or seven different ways that you can get in there and do that. You know, you could do like social engineering or like, you know, lock picking or like hack a console to open a thing or crawl through a, I don't think there's any crawling through vents in this game, but you know what I'm getting at, right? Right. I, I think um, I got you. Yeah. And, and so instead of being one giant open world, um, this one is, seems more like, uh, Kind of like Mass Effect is, is a bunch of like discrete environments kind of strung together, right? Uh, it seems to be sort of like that or indeed more like um, another like older sort of RPG, like a Baldur's Gate or something like that where it's like you could kind of like go from one end of the world to the other, but there's like zones that you would zone into, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's mostly like you're a lot of you're operating in this region at this time and then moving on to another region. Um but it sort of has an atmosphere. I guess I'll just say it's a it's it's like a future science fiction setting uh, where humanity's got these like colonies, you know. Uh, think like Blade Runner or like Borderlands, even. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, it sort of probably triangulates uh, itself between like Fallout and Borderlands, um, and and maybe a little bit of Blade Runner or like Alien or something like in, in just in the the fact that it's a it's set probably like i don't know a thousand years from now or um and what happened was there was this like generational sh- cryo sleep ship where they put a bunch of um colonists on it and they were sending the ship out to this uh you know planet somewhere to where they would establish a colony and something happened with the ship and it was like lost for i don't know 7500 years or something i don't know 75 or 100 years. And then there's this one guy who like starts trying to wake up the people that are in cryosleep on the ship. And, and you, so you happen to be one of the people that gets woken up. Uh, maybe the only person that gets successfully woken up. And then um, he wants you to help him. Uh, I, I don't even really recall the story. I don't know if he wants you to help him or he just like leaves you to, 
to your own devices and dumps you on a planet or something. It doesn't really matter. It's all of, uh, like a bunch of um, – it's an excuse to have a bunch of the kind of like man with no name vignette stories where right. like you, you, you come into a town and then it's like you can help the people uh, or or not help them. You can sort of like – take sides in their little feud. Like, like the Witcher does this, uh, the Bethesda games often do, do this, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you, you make these role-playing decisions where you meet characters and they present you with an issue or a problem. And it's like, you have your overriding thing, which right now for me is, oh, I need to get a power converter for this ship so I can, you know, just take off and go to my next thing, what I'm trying to, whatever that might be. In order to get the power converter, I have to, uh, you know, I have to cozy up with the like leadership of the town. And then to do that, I have to like go and take care of this errand for, the, you know, you know, it's that sort of thing. Right. Right. Um, so then yes. what, what is the, I, I guess just asking this bluntly, what is the reason for this particular game to exist? I mean, Bethesda has been doing Fallout, uh, you know, Fallout 4, Fallout 76. And I mean, I guess there are varying reports of, of, you know, the fun factor of those kinds of games. But is, is this just like another game for people who really like Fallout and they just kind of no, want I, a I different say spin so. on it? Or? I, would, I would say probably not because it's not Fallout. It's um, it's in that same vein. But um, by all accounts, this is a much shorter game, like something you could play through in probably like 20 to 30 hours. Mm. Um, and like I said, it's a little bit more limited in scope in terms of just landmass, but I think that also goes for, uh, like the breadth of the, the plot and the number of quests and options and things there are out there for you. Um, and this is, well, first of all, it's from a studio that does a lot of RPGs, right? So it's, this is just kind of their next thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it also does seem that they, Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas, but the, but the Fallout, you know, the, the license is not theirs, right? So they couldn't just go and make another one of those. I think though that they probably did take a lot of the lessons learned from that game and apply them to make this one, which is similar in the fact that it's a, it's a you know, it's a first person shooter and it, it has a lot of the same sorts of ways of presenting itself to you. Like you, you walk up to a character and you get into a dialogue with them and then it goes through a dialogue tree and you have like several options to choose from. And some of them are determined by your like skill and perception or your skill with machines or medicine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, the, the writing and tone of the game is, is also pretty much in line with like what you get in fallout or, or something maybe like um, more borderlands, less Bioshock, but if those two are a spectrum, <laughs> it's somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, and I, I, I had Bioshock to the, to the list of sort of touchstones here because that is in itself also a sort of immersive sim, although it's much, much more on the action end of things. Right. Um, it does have, uh, the thing about Bioshock is that it's all those places where those games are set. They really do have a, a well-defined sense of place, you know? And, uh, I think this game is sort of trying to do that. Um, kind of, I mean, I guess all those games are in, in a way, but it, uh, the way I remember when this thing was announced, we were kind of looking at it going, oh, this basically looks kind of like Fallout Borderlands or something. Right. And, and I think that's all very accurate. Um, it's just, it seems like it's well done so far. It's one of those and it, it plays better than Fallout ever has as far as a shooter. Um, or the, the 3D Fallout. I, I bounced right off of Fallout 4 because it was just, hard it was bad to play i don't know i just yeah but that's the really I, I expected better shooting and and i shouldn't have but i did and it 
I don't know. I bounce off it pretty hard. Yeah, it's it's because it's not as good a shooter as as something that's a dedicated shooter is, right? And and I wouldn't say this is probably as good as like Doom or something, but it's probably better than Mass Effect, you know? Which I think Mass, Mass Effect Effect's, was solid. Yeah, Mass Effect's solid, right? So I think this is a pretty solid as a shooter, and it's pretty good as a, as a role playing game too. It's got some pretty interesting characters that I've met so far, and um, you have actually interesting dialogue choices that you you sometimes look at them and go oh i don't i don't want to say that uh it's like, it's like i kind of do want to say this you know <laughs> so it's like because a lot of times in dialogue you just kind of select all the options just to see right what, you know um and yeah i don't know it, I, I don't think it's breaking the mold at all but it does seem very well done oh man I've, I've got it installed um and it's like my next game to play after i beat batman but uh yeah I, I i wish i i wish i would have known that you were going to talk about it else because i would have like at least fired it up for an hour or so you know yeah well i did tell you on Shuffle. sunday it's not too late it's not too late <laughs> i don't you didn't you sell us on sunday i don't remember yeah, i don't recall yeah, I did. I did. uh no that's all right I, um my bad i'll, I'll continue to play it so i remember i think um at first so i i played it the first night and then before i sat down to play it again i was kind of thinking oh you know it seems all right but maybe i'll just like not play it anymore uh but then I, I sat down and played some more of it and i was like hey, this is getting pretty good i think uh i think i will stick with this yeah i, I really wanted to and yesterday i sat down like i gotta finish batman at least like the main camp storyline before i like never come back to batman again because that's what that's yeah. what will happen if i decide to leave batman now and go play outer while or outer worlds yes. or whatever yeah then i will never make it back to batman and i'm like 75 percent done with the campaign at least according to in-game you know quest track so cool. I'm like, I got to finish this. And so I like was trying to power through it and, you know, got sidetracked by side quests and being Batman. That happens. Know. And will happen yeah. in this game, too. Yeah, I've, I've already fine, been though. sidetracked on a couple of side quests where I was like pursuing the main quest. And I was like, well, this little spur off the side seems pretty interesting. I'll follow that, too. And then- I, I was listening to another podcast today and they were talking about it. And um, they said it's only like. 20 to 25 hours long even yeah. if you're like doing side quests so yeah that's like awesome like that is cool i, I don't know if i can stand like another uh, I, I can't make it through a full fallout game and, yeah. and do everything you know what i mean but if i can something like this that's you know quality the whole way through mm-hmm. rather than a lot of empty space which is what fallout games are you know then um you know lots of empty space peppered with rad things that happening right right um if it's like more of a um streamlined experience it delivers that to me in a quicker time then i'm all about that yeah there's room for for both i think and yeah, i think this is definitely welcome cool awesome well jeremy uh what are y'all up to yes sir well what mobile game do you decide to talk to us about uh today? mobile is it only because that came out no 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 i installed but, uh, gwent i haven't played it yet i no, played through the i actually but. I've never played a game of Gwent, either in-game or otherwise. Um, But I did play something that you can take on the go, so in that sense it is kind of mobile. But I played a game on the PlayStation Vita this week. Um, I actually decided to try out Jet Set Radio on the PS Vita. It was released... Isn't that a PlayStation 1 game? uh, I realized they had a Vita port. Originally a Dreamcast game. So uh, this came out in 2000, and in the United States, it was called Jet Grind Radio. So you sometimes hear people talk about Jet Set or Jet Grind. Uh, As far as I know, it's basically the same game, just uh, just localized here. Just a little bit uh, more badass because it's uh, Grind in the title. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be on the – I thought it was on the PlayStation somewhere. No, it's not. I remember Uh, playing this game. 
I don't think so. But I think it might have gotten an Xbox port. Uh, that's that's possible. That's possible. But it definitely Dreamcast, had Dreamcast, Game Boy Advance, PlayStation Three. Yeah, PS Three. That's where I played and, it. And Vita. And in and fact, Xbox it was 360. it was one of those sort of cross platform ports. But there's no there's no cross platform play. There's no uh, even cross saves don't happen. I guess they just sort of well, ported it to both. Right. <laughs> and uh, the, the game is essentially one of the very early open world style games. Uh, it's a cell shaded third person kind of platformer based on rollerblading and graffiti. Uh, now, I, th- I think I've talked, and I can't remember if I've talked about it on this show before, but I uh, played through the entire Mark Echoes Getting Up game, uh, which is all about <laughs> graffiti and, and huh. you know, music and culture. And I did it, you know, under the auspices of learning about graffiti culture. Like, I'm like, oh, graffiti makes me so mad. But, you know, what what is it? What kind of people would do this? You know, is it is it art or is it whatever? Uh, and it Jet Set Radio doesn't really aspire to be. Wait, wait, wait what, what did you learn from from getting up first? Kind of a lot, like kind of the, you know, the in the way that. um I don't know. There's there's sort of a cultural element to it, and the kind of music that people would had a sweet soundtrack. So now Jeremy's yeah. all about graffiti. Yeah. Oh yeah. My people uh, all the way back. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. We we're uh, graffiti. Graffiti is in my blood. Um, no, but uh, Jet Set Radio kind of does that that sort of thing, but in sort of a fictitious. I don't know if it's futuristic or not, but it's sort of future feeling. It it takes place in a in a city called Tokyo To. But it's in fact, the, the intro says that it's that's in a, just, a t- that's just Japanese for Tokyo, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's what they say. Like people just call it Tokyo, apparently. And in, in yeah. the lore of Jet Set Radio, Tokyo To is simply called Tokyo. But it's a city that no one can find on any map, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But uh, anyway, so it's kind of this fantastical stylized version of, I guess, Tokyo. And it has a definitely very, you know, early 2000 um, mechanically. Um, You have some kind of very rough polygons, but with some really good rigging and animation. Um, So you you actually play as one of several characters in this hover hover blading graffiti painting gang, I guess. I mean, I don't really know what. Well, they, you know, they, it's just there's technically it's not rollerblades. It's like this. They're like anti-grav or something. Yeah, kind of. Cool. I mean, I guess maybe maybe they maybe you they grind are. on them because jet grind radio. Yeah, it's just it's just that you you are doing like a whole lot of stuff that's just not really possible. You know, you're <laughs> you're like grinding up the sides of things and doing a lot of wall running and, and stuff like that. But I don't but, think it's meant to be realistic, but they're probably right. rollerblades. Exactly. And they actually have it's like, oh, this new kind of battery and it uses this this special power. I, I don't know. I, whatever. Uh, but anyway, you're part of this gang called the GGs. And I don't know if there's some like moral or ethical thing that they gather together around. But there's there's all kinds of th- the, the whole city is plagued by these futuristic rollerblading gangs. Um, and there are some that are based on hackers and, and they only eat synthetic food or, or something. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So the lore of Jet Set Radio is communicated to you in between these discrete levels uh, by a guy who's called uh, I think his name is called Dr. K, I think. Um, and he's, he's sort of like this Rastafarian, like stylized, um, 
Professor K. Professor K. That's right. It is Professor K. Professor K. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, yo, yo, the, this this gang is based on ladies who had their hearts broken and they're painting on stuff. So you better go get them. Um, and so you do. And the levels themselves are fa- <laughs> the, le- the levels themselves are fairly small and limited in scope. But they're is it voice packed. acted because does it sound like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds exactly like that. And um, in fact, That's if great. you ever hear the music, so so the other thing about this, I guess I should mention this: the music of Jet Set Radio is kind of a thing. It's sort of a, a known uh, quantity, and it has. A musical vibe that's kind of not like anything else. And it is sort of this um, kind of hip hop. um, It's composed by a guy named Hideki Naganuma. And uh, he also worked on he he worked at Sega and uh, did, um, I don't know, a Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Rush, I think he did. Um, But he's, I think, mostly known for this. And it's really actually pretty good music. It's got a real good vibe. Uh, the soundtrack, I think, if, if you know people who are familiar with playing this game on the Dreamcast and really liked it, uh, Jet Set Radio is sort of like a, an amalgamation of um, a little bit of early traversal slash parkour, as best you could do it on a Dreamcast. Um, the music, the graffiti, uh, sort of like in Mark Echo's Getting Up, you can actually swap out between different uh, graffiti styles. You can actually kind of customize your dude so that when you go tagging things, um, it, it'll like look cool. It'll look the way you want. You unlock a whole bunch of different graffiti styles throughout the game. Uh, but the game itself is essentially you are, are dropped down in kind of a limited scope area and you kind of just walk or I'm sorry, you skate around and there are red arrows that point to tagging spots on the map. And there is either one of these, these other gangs, like have people there kind of painting on them. You, you roll up on them and you start painting and then they run off. Um, but you are constantly throughout the game chased by the municipal police force. Um, there, There's like a, um, you know, one sort of hardened detective kind of guy. And he, he chases you around with a literal gun. Um, and then Ooh. as, <laughs> and, and then it's time. So it counts down a little bit like, uh, I don't know, crazy taxi or something like that. And uh, the, the police are mobilized to greater and greater effect. It starts out like, these guys will actually chase you um, and and you will run into them and they'll grab onto you and hold you down or you have a life meter. So they'll try and, I guess, kill you. Uh, but then if if you go long enough, then uh, maybe the motorcycle cops come out or then maybe the SWAT team comes out and suddenly there's like puffs of tear gas that they'll say, ready, fire. And then you have to kind of like dodge around puffs of tear gas that will uh, kind of mess you up. And the idea is that you basically just try to go around to these specific numbers of tagging points on the map and just try and paint them. And the graffiti tagging system actually is a little bit like Mark Echo's getting up as well. I'm pretty sure that game borrowed heavily from Jet Set Radio. Uh, and basically, if you go up to a spot, you can, uh, it'll have you just do like little QTEs kind of with the thumbsticks, like swooping around the inside, uh, swooping down, swooping up, doing a full turnaround with the thumbstick. And eventually, you know, you have either small graffiti tags, medium sized or large, and they kind of take different amounts of time. And in the meantime, you know, while you're tagging stuff, some, some dude is like coming up and just like trying to beat the crap out of you, um, as you're trying to graffiti up the town. And, um, and that's basically it. I mean, the, the levels are fairly short. Um, in fact, the, the game itself does not take a long time to go through all of the different levels. And, um, I will say though, it, it does get pretty frustrating. I mean, I have to redo missions quite a lot because either I'm not sure where I'm going and I just kind of get worn down by attrition, just kind of running through the same area of the map 10 times until I figure out like, oh, it was actually hidden around here. 
Um, the, the levels do have some verticality to them, but the controls are really floaty. Like the jump is very. That's what I remember from this game. Yeah. So the, the, the jump is a little bit hard to be precise. And, um, and, and actually, um, as you progress through some of these different levels, you'll eventually be challenged by others of your, you know, ilk, uh, like some, you know, hip hopster who's got, you know, big headphones and is like an anime girl with purple hair or something like that. She's like, but you can't do this. And she'll like do a trick and then you kind of have to do the same trick. And then if you do it enough, she'll join your team and then is a selectable character for, you know, for the full on missions a little bit later on. Um, so it does get frustrating. I do like the vibe and uh, I kind of just wish it, it controlled a little bit tighter. Um, generally speaking, I, I think it's a product of its time. And so playing in 2019, you know, 20 years later, um, it's kind of neat to see what they were doing with some of these forward thinking ideas back in the year 2000. Um, it, it does, like I say, it, it shows its age a little bit. It's a little bit frustrating, um, but it, it is kind of a fun little experience. And um, I don't know that there was really anything else that that was like it. I believe there actually is sort of a, a spiritual successor that is a somebody sequel, is crowdfunding. Right? Jet Set Radio Future? Uh, I think there is that, but I believe somebody else is doing like a Jet Set... Um, some sort of Kickstarter or crowdfunding. There's oh Hover. There's a game called Hover, which uh, actually I believe was crowdfunded last year. I don't know if that game has come out, but um, I, you know I'd be interested maybe in in trying that out. There was a a Kickstarter in uh, 2018, and it was a thirty-eight thousand dollar goal, and they they got up to one hundred sixteen thousand. So um, I think it might be out. Um, just taking a quick look on the internet here, real quickly. Uh, release date. Well, it's not it's not August 1995. Apparently there's another <laughs> there's another game called Hover. Uh but uh yeah, I, th I think it may have it may have come out by now. I'd have to take a look at it. But this is the uh the Sony uh you know, the Vita and the PS3 version, the port of this. And I believe it is upresed and and it actually looks pretty good again cell shading ages pretty well and um yeah, I, I would say it's maybe worth a try if you've already got it. I, I don't remember if I got it on PS Plus at some point, but um, yeah, the uh, it, it looks like I'm, I'm just checking on on the uh, PlayStation Store, and it looks like if you, if you want something a little bit more modern, it does appear that Hover came out uh, September of last year, so uh, might be worth checking into that as well. And that's it, Jet Set Radio. Wow, and now nobody in Sandy, Utah is safe from Jeremy and his mad tagging skills. That's right. I, it's now, it's yeah, been awoken in me, and I'm going to be doing some, uh, what's you know, your some mad name? hover blading. Uh, my graffiti name is, um, I, I don't know, J-Bod or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll come up with something. J-Bod? Yeah, that's right. Like, a, Well, like a modem, like not like a body, because that's definitely not me. It's not my style. Oh, no, definitely no. not. Yeah, it's sort of my hacker alias. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. LeGrand, what you been playing this week? Well, guys, I've been playing um, a game. Uh, it's also a new game. I've been playing the latest bro shooter oh, to come yeah. out, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, oh, you mean Call of Duty 4? Back. Yeah, Call of Duty. No, Call of Duty, what are we on, like 12 now? Probably. Call of Duty, one of them. Um, anyway, I am playing Modern Warfare. I got this on the PC. It is on Battle.net. And um, I think their goal with this game was the the reason why they're calling it Modern Warfare is because the last few games have been, um, you know, future 
soldier and World War Two. Weird black ops stuff. They did World. Of, oh, they did do Call of Duty World War Two, didn't they? Yeah, like last year, right? So it seems like they're trying to, you know, Modern Warfare, the original Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, kind of is the game that uh, kickstarted the uh, the modern brand of Call of Duty. Like it brought in, the, they didn't have kill streaks, but they had um, just the feel of the gameplay, the speed, the weapons, uh, the way you moved around the map. Um, that was kind of the game that kickstarted and and every Call of Duty since then has been kind of uh has kind of built upon that same system. And so it seems like, you know, they've gone all over the place and you know the Black Ops games are very, very different, obviously, from the regular Call of Duty games. Um they've been to advanced warfare, they've been to space, and now they're dialing it back and it, and it seems like in an effort to kind of reground uh the series. Um back to the modern warfare which is why this one's called call of duty modern warfare hmm. um that's kind of my my take on it i guess but i i haven't been like a huge call of duty bro since then i played call of duty 4 um i've been a big battlefield player and then i hadn't really played a call of duty game until i believe advanced warfare i played um and then i played uh whatever was black ops that came out last year black ops 4 so that's kind of it but uh when the beta was out for this game uh, I played a lot of the beta. I maxed out my level, what they were offering in the beta, and I played a lot of it. And I really liked the way that it felt. Um, and so now the full game is out, and all the modes are in there, and there's a ton of people playing it. And um, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I, I've, I have been focusing on a couple, a couple specific modes. Uh, one being the realism mode, and another one being the uh, gunfight mode which is probably my favorite mode. Um, the gunfight mode is kind of a... Uh, it's a 2v2 mode where you drop in with one other player and you're on a map that's a fairly symmetrical map uh, in most cases. And um, you're, you're given a set, of, a set of weapons randomly. And everybody on the map has the exact same weapons for the round. And you go and you fight until one team wins that round and it's the first to win six rounds wins the match. Um, and it's very, very competitive because it's... And it also forces you to kind of learn how to use all the different weapons. And it's kind of a good way to kind of um, learn the weapons because you just get dropped in with a random set. Like you'll have a, a specific type of grenade and you'll have a, a handgun and you'll have a rifle. And then the next time maybe you'll have a sniper rifle and a shotgun and um, some C4. Um, and so every time that you you know, spawn in every two rounds, it'll swap out your weapon sets. Um, it might also switch you sides of the map and then you just play until they're six. So it's very, very competitive. It's very fun. Um, it's quick and, uh, it's very satisfying when you win for sure. So that's one of the modes I've been playing quite a bit of. Huh. And, and so, so are they still doing, is it still, uh, the, the fashion to include a battle Royale mode? I mean, wasn't, wasn't it, wasn't it Call of Duty that just did a battle Royale game? Just, uh, Black Ops 4 had that blackout mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this game does not have a battle royale mode. Interesting. Sign of the uh, times. It also doesn't have... It has a co-op mode that I haven't tried out yet. And the campaign is, I believe you can play it fully co-op as well. I think. Maybe not. No, the campaign you cannot. There's actually a campaign in this game. Black Ops 4 had the battle royale. They had the zombies. And that seems to be like the Treyarch brand of Call of Duty. Like it's... And maybe that's what they'll do is, you know, the blackout or the, you know, the battle royale will be you know, the the weird, wacky... Right, the split-off. 
yeah, the whatever it's called, Black Ops will be like where they have all that weird stuff. Right. And then this will be kind of the more mainline series. Um kind of like Burnout and Burnout Paradise, right? Same type of thing. Not Burnout, uh not Burnout. What's the other one that just came out? Forza Me, and Forza Horizon. Oh, Forza. Mm-hmm. Where Forza is like the more, you know, mainline race race, and then Forza Forza Horizon is kind of more arcadey right it kind right. of seems that way a little bit hmm. or there was not a campaign last year with black ops 4 but there is a full campaign with this one and i played um, maybe five levels of it and it's really good um it feels really cool so far it seems like the missions are well done well structured lots of unique and cool things you can do that's the thing with these campaigns with these modern shooters they always kind of drop you in situations um that and they, and they try to, and this one specifically tries to, I, I imagine it tries to focus on realism with kind of what you're doing a little bit. Uh, the storyline is, you know, your typical bad guy terrorist doing bad things must stop them storyline. Um, but it's never, I, I don't feel like these types of campaigns are about necessarily, you know, having an engaging story, but making you feel like you're actually participating in a conflict. Right, and, right. And making you feel like it's, somewhat realistic that you're actually this is what it might be like if i was you know right they sort they sort of assault the senses to to make you feel immersed exactly and and i think they do a lot of that with the way that you know when you get hit and your you know your screen you know fades in and uh you know that type of stuff it's it's all there to kind of uh, i think just add to the immersion of what they're trying to do there of course i have no experience in war <laughs> personally so i don't really know how that actually compares but yeah. i think that's kind of what they're trying to go for and and there's a that th- there's a mission early on like i i have a buddy who um who was a marine and he and he from time to time will send um send videos of like marines doing marine stuff and um there's a video there, I've seen videos of of like you know helicopters in night vision mode taking down bad guys in real life and you actually do that in this game and it looked exactly like hmm. some of those those videos of you know soldiers taking down terrorists in Afghanistan or whatever right um right. so it's uh i I really like that and I, and I think the campaign is it hasn't been hasn't been boring like when I played battlefront for example battlefront 2 they had a campaign i was just bored to tears it was just so slow and dumb it looked pretty but it was just boring and this feels good and solid there's always some cool action going on um there's you know cool characters there price is back um i believe he died in a call of duty is what i hear i don't know oh whoops um but yeah the other mode that i've been playing though is the realism mode and that's a mode where um it basically removes the hud so you don't have a mini map that you can just see all the time and uh, you don't have like any HUD at all on your screen. You have to rely on, you know, knowing how many bullets you have left. You have to rely on, uh, you know, that what weapon you have equipped and whether you have it equipped a single shot or, you know, a fully auto. When, when you reload, does it like eject the clip so you don't actually get the, the ammo back? Or? I don't think I think it does that in the hard code. There's a hardcore mode as well. I think it does it in that mode in the realism. I haven't experienced that yet hmm. and actually I, I don't i guess i guess i don't know the answer to that it's possible that it does i feel like games should just start doing that well there should are just... games that there's a game uh hunt showdown does that jeremy oh. you should try it out oh, i've never heard, heard of that game what's that i heard that's a game <laughs> yeah yeah if you if you uh, certain types of rifles if it has an actual magazine if you swap a magazine and haven't used all the bullets it will discard those yeah. bullets hmm. interesting um but yeah the realism mode is really cool and i like it because it seems more like um 
I don't know. It's less run and gun. It's less Legrand having to rely on his aging twitch shooter skills and more Legrand being able to be maybe more tactical um, because it's not because if you're running gun, you know, when you're when you're playing normal Call of Duty, you always have your eye on the minimap to see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, and in realism mode, there is none of that. Uh, all the kill streaks ex- exist, which I think they should probably get rid of in this mode, in my opinion, just because I think that kill streaks really snowball a game and kind of are frustrating, you know. Um, yeah. Not it's not really a, a, a way to claw back once the other team just starts rolling kill streaks on you. Um, the other thing that they this game is really cool, and then the realism really accent, accentuates this. Especially, and and also the gunfight. Every mode I played is the audio is something that's very very um, important in this game. And Hunt Showdown audio is the same type of thing. And this game to the point where Call of Duty like hardcore Call of Duty bros are complaining about the audio because you can basically hear where anyone where people are if they get close to you you can hear their footsteps you can hear them you know reload you can hear them um you know doing different things and so you kind of rely on that audio so if you're actually being the sneaky guy um you can really sneak up on people because and you just hear someone coming i'm like oh i know there's a person going to be running around this corner any any second here because i can hear his ass just running you know stomping around through the woods and sure enough, he runs around the corner and you blow him away. And so, yeah. uh, and a, a lot of the kind of the hardcore Call of Duty guys are complaining because it's really it's not it's different than the other Call of Duty games were. Interesting. Um, it's it's more. It seems like the audio, the sound, has become a big focus, and they wanted to kind of add that for whatever reason and in, into the game. And I think it's a good. I think it's a good benefit because it, yeah, audio awareness I think has become a thing in the last few years. I think yeah, um, Rainbow Six Siege is big on it. Hunt Showdown's big on it. Um, and then this game is huge on it for sure. Same with like Apex Legends, like those those types of games too. Like the sound is super important. Yeah, I like to make the noobs QQ uh, by doing the uh, diagonal bunny hop to kind of get moving around faster. I'm just like it's just like in real life. Didn't you see the video of the Marines doing that bunny hopping? This is just like that. Yeah, That's right. Sorry, QQ noobs. Yeah. Anyway, I'd recommend it. It's uh gonna be sixty dollars for the foreseeable future, but all right, know, pick it up. It's fun. It's it's a good Call of Duty game. The campaign's solid, and the multiplayer's good. There's a co-op mode I haven't tried out yet, but I hear it's good and hard. Um, it's kind of a an extension of the campaign, so I think that's where the kind of the co-op campaign comes in. Is like a whole uh, co-op. Gotcha. gotcha. Campaign after the main campaign. Well, but uh, yeah. Folks, uh, along those lines, if you want something that is uh, good and and hard and realistic and bunny hopping and QQ, uh, that's all of us. We're here at the Game Bite Show podcast twice a week, and uh, you've just gotten to the end of another episode. But fear not, because we'll be back very soon with another episode. But uh, until then, if you've got some comments, some thoughts, if you want to share with us the games that you've been playing, uh, you can reach out to us on social media. Find us at Game Bite Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore. Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. And uh, you can also find our fourth man, Jared Red Eye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I. Look for Jared also over at twitch.tv slash show. Every Monday we played uh, Sea of Thieves and actually got it working this past week and had a grand old time. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, lot, a lot of fun. And uh, you can also check out the clip of that if you missed it over at youtube.com. Uh, Jared also does a sort of every other week uh, stream on Fridays, and uh, you should subscribe to that. And... Uh, check out what he is doing. Uh, You can also go to our website on the internet, GameByteShow.com, find a back catalog of all of our podcasts and a uh, sidebar of video content, as well as a link to our Discord server. Come join us on Discord, uh, talk to us about the games that you've been playing, Uh, let us know what's going on with you, or uh, share some dank memes. We have a dank memes channel. 
uh, just like the kids like, and uh, so show us show us them memes. Um, but like I said, the main feature is the podcast, and uh, you can find that in your feed again in just a few days when we talk to you about the news of the week and uh, some video game discussion, so look forward to that soon. But until then, folks, this has been your Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. See you. He sees things from under glass. He looks through his window inside. He sees the things he knows are his. He sees a bright and hollow sky. He sees the city sleep at night. He sees the stars are out tonight. test results. You are a horrible person. That's what it says, a horrible person. We weren't even testing for that. Don't let that horrible person thing discourage you. It's just a data point. If it makes you feel any better, science has now validated your birth mother's decision to abandon you on a doorstep. Remember before when I was talking about smelly garbage standing around being useless? That was a metaphor. I was actually talking about you. I'm going to be honest with you now. Not fake honest like before, but real honest, like you're incapable of. I know you're up to something. And as soon as I can prove it, the laws of robotics allow me to terminate you for being a liar.